0: get to in a minute but why why do you like doing that
1: it's a lot of fun i wanted to write something personal and confessional and honest i tried writing about these experiences in the first person but when you're writing about yourself in the first person you have an instinct to kind of hold back and and be a little protective self-protective and i found that i was harshest and funniest when i was criticizing myself from somebody else's point of view And so that's why I have a story from the perspective of a hamster whose wife I murdered by mistake and stories like that, because it allowed me to be harsher and hopefully funnier.
0: So that's interesting. Does that happen in the the kind of technical part when you've had a germ of an idea and you're thinking about how to structure the story? Or is it more like, You're just sitting around in your house thinking about what you were like when you were eight, and it suddenly occurs to you that maybe you were actually not a nice person?
1: My basic trick that I've been using in my fiction for years is just to take a pretty basic situation and then try to examine it from an unusual point of view. So like, for example, in my last book, The Last Girlfriend on Earth, I have a story about a teenage boy trying to lose his virginity, which is a very cliched sort of story. There are a few R-rated Hollywood movies about that subject every summer, it feels like. But I wanted to tell that story because it's a personal story and it's, it's uh, hopefully relatable to people. And I decided to tell it from the point of view of an unused condom living inside of the teenage boy's wallet who is waiting and waiting and waiting for years and years and years in the hopes of being used. And so that's an example of me trying to sort of tell an old story, but hopefully in a new way.
0: So I'm curious about your comedic influences. Are there particular writers that you read growing up who've really influenced your work, writers you love?
1: Yeah, I, I grew up reading The Usual Suspects in terms of funny writers. I read a lot of Woodhouse and Waugh and Douglas Adams and Joe Heller and and so on. But I also read a lot of, I would call it like high stakes premise driven fiction, whether it was funny or not. So I also loved Kurt Vonnegut. I loved Stephen King and T.C. Boyle and I was obsessed with Shirley Jackson. I love The Simpsons, you know, but I love The Twilight Zone just as much. Anything that had a, a big hook about 40 seconds into it, I was psyched about.
0: So speaking of great premises, we should talk about the standout story in the book, Sellout. And this is the one that was originally serialized on the New Yorker's website. Can you kind of give us a synopsis? Describe the premise?
1: Yeah. So Sellout is about my great-great-grandfather, Herschel Rich, who was a hard-scrabble, immigrant from the old country who came to New York City with pennies in his pocket. And in the story, he is working at his hellish job in a pickle factory. And one day, 15 hours into a shift, he falls into a vat of pickle brine. And he gets brined for 100 years. And he emerges in present-day Brooklyn, unaged. And the scientists introduce him to his great great grandson who is me simon rich and we become roommates and he does not like me <laughs> and it's about <laughs> our sort of struggle to get along and the the thing he doesn't like about me is how much stuff i take for granted because i'm always complaining about spotty internet access or you know when, when the computer is slow and meanwhile he's watched much of his family die you know, of cholera and various other ailments. So it's a story about how sometimes I lose perspective and and take things for granted. And I wanted to, to to write a story like that to kind of jolt myself back into self-awareness.
0: Could I get you to read a sudden excerpt from it to get a sense of Herschel's voice? His voice is just so distinctive.
1: Yeah. So in the story, Herschel and his great-great-grandson, Simon Rich, they get into uh a fight, and Herschel storms out of the brownstone where Simon Ridge lives, and he decides to strike out on his own. He has no money, and he has no food, but that's how he came to this country, so he's undaunted, and he bravely sets out on his own. But things go poorly, and he's almost starving to death when we get to this scene, which takes place by a Whole Foods dumpster. I look and see a gang of bearded hobos. They are scavenging through trash bins picking out packages of food. Check the sell-by date, one says. I bet these things aren't even stale. It is amazing, I think, that these bums have so happy a spirit. I decided to save to introduce myself. I step out of the shadows and hold up my palms and show of peace. I am Herschel, I say, from village of Slupsk. Cool, one of them says, an international student. Another one squints at my wool and pokes his fingers at the buttons. Where'd you get this, he asks, from a thrift store? I make it from old rags, I admit.